This episode is brought to you by Monday Hair Care. A big thank you to our amazing sponsor, Monday Hair Care, for not only allowing this podcast to happen, but for taming my huge frizzy pregnancy hair with their amazing best-selling line, Smooth, and giving some of my bigness to Emma with their volume shampoo and conditioner. Their products are free from SLS and parabens and are Leafing Bunny approved, which is the gold standard for cruelty-free beauty internationally. Monday's available in more than 30 countries, is the number one hair care brand on TikTok, and has won loads of beauty awards. Head to mondayhaircare.com to find out where you can get your hands on their beautiful pink bottles. Thanks, Monday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Takeaways Podcast. I am Alex. I've always forget. <laughs> I always forget your name. How I'm supposed to start this, and I'm like frantically trying to read my notes. You're Alex. My name is Alex from Alex's Kitchen Story. From Alex's Kitchen Story. <laughs> Shimapal Alex and my lovely co-host Emma. Shimapal Emma. Emma of the Koei Dynasty. I have a bad feeling about this recording. Don't <laughs> do the dynasty thing. There's no dynasty. I'm so sick of this narrative. Yeah, there's no dynasty, unfortunately, but um, I'm looking to build my own. Yeah, that's nice, actually. It's a really great idea. I'm looking at stocks and shares this week. Imagine how epic it would be if you knew you'd made enough money for your whole family for generations to be set up from you. I have mixed feelings about billionaires. Generational wealth. As we have discussed, I don't think anyone should have that much money because you've taken it directly from other people and their hard work. But if you didn't harm anyone, it would be really nice to know that you'd looked after your kids. Although they do say the first generation earns it, second generation mines it, and the third spends it. And they're often wealthy people's kids are a bit not hopey. Oh, totally. 100%. They don't have that rocket up their ass, you know? 100%. They don't have necessity. Yeah. I do think it would just be like you'd be quite proud of yourself, you know? Yeah, you would be. And and I guess like I obviously obviously don't have kids yet. And I think as soon as when you have kids, you'd be like, I just want to give them everything. Like I want to provide totally. everything I can. I want to give them the best of everything and make sure they have the best possible lives. So totally. that would be a big driver, I think. You also probably don't have to be a billionaire, you know? You can just be doing well enough to know that your family are pretty set up. I'd, I'd pocket, a, I'd, I'd take a, like maybe 100 mil. I'd be comfortable with that. That would be so nice. A hundred mil. hundred mil. It'd be live such a nice life. That's why I love these, um, okay, don't judge me because they are absolute trash. Have you ever read the Penny Vincenzi books? No, who's that? She's an author. I know nothing about her. <laughs> Helpful. Let me tell you how ugly <laughs> I am on the subject. I know absolutely nothing about it. But she's a, she's obviously an author. Cool. Great. We've said, we've established she's an author. She writes these books that are kind of like the Bridgerton books, but like super trashy, even oh. trashier. But they're all about basically, they're like all your wildest fantasies. It's like someone moves to the UK and she sets up like a beautiful, like a pharmaceutical company. And it's basically like based on Estee Lauder and they just have obscene wealth and everyone in the book is incredibly beautiful. And it's all these really smutty storylines and like just really, uh, I don't know if I should be promoting this because I'm not proud that I read them. They're a bit R-rated, but. They were really easy little summer reads. I used to love those books back in the day, the Bronze Horseman series. I haven't read that. I heard it was like porno. I don't know if it's porno because <laughs> I read it as quite, quite young. <laughs> but it might have been porno maybe for that time. It's like an eight-year-old. Yeah, I didn't say most, yeah. most things are. 
But God, they were so good. I actually reckon you'd love them. Yeah, like I'll give them, I'll give them a read. I'll give them a read. The main character does get quite annoying at points. Like really annoying. Like I semi-hated her in one of the books. <laughs> so it's a female protagonist. It's about a girl. Yes. Well, it's about a couple. It's a love story. Oh. World War II love story. Okay. Russians. Phenomenal read. Phenomenal read. Oh, my God. Millions of, well, not millions, but many of our friends have discussed the Bronze Horse over the years, right? And I always pictured it, and now I realize why. In the Bronze Age, I always thought it was about cavemen. No, no. World War II. I'm pretty sure. I believe you. Yeah, they are Russian. And yeah, it begins on the 22nd of June, 1941, the day that Germany invaded the Soviet Union. I'll give it a hone. I'd reread them, honestly. They're so good. Yeah, why not? Love life. Actually, I was going to say love life's a bit slow. We have had many requests for an update on the bike man. <laughs> every, almost every question that came through on our little question <laughs> box was about the bike man. Start reading. Read out all the questions. Well, actually, we know what the main one is. An update on the bike man. People are gagging for it. I have to keep replying to people. I'm like, I'm trying to get her to do an update. <laughs> I'm sorry for the delay. I promise. What do I say about the bike man? We went on a date. It was perfectly lovely. He was very nice. We have drinks. You had fun. We had fun. He walked me home. And then we didn't see each other for a while because we were both away. And he just got a little bit intense. I'll put it that way. Things escalated. Things escalated and he is now blocked. So I don't want to say too much because he knows where I live and we don't like to anger men that we don't know very well. But um, I shouldn't say that actually. We should probably cut that. But um, <laughs> if you don't hear from me again, no, he was really. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's not funny. It's not funny. Uh, yeah, there's that didn't have legs, unfortunately, because. He is mighty fine. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Not the one. We just, he just, he just wasn't right for me. Fail fast, as they say. Fail. If you're gonna fail, fail fast. So you uh-huh. know, we we move. We move. We move. Good to know early on. Unfortunate, but not everyone's meant for everyone. You know, not everyone's for everyone, and that's fine. And that's perfectly okay. And that's perfectly okay. I hope that that suffices our listeners who. Have been gagging. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day I'll share more. But it, yeah, it's all got a little bit weird. And um, we have: Will you guys ever move back to New Zealand? Ooh, more. Do you want to start us off? Um, a hard question. I think yes, we definitely will at some point. I think living over here gets like obviously harder once you have a child, which I don't have yet, but I'm about to. Eminently will. Less than two weeks, potentially. <laughs> so I think, yeah, it, it, I think we probably would for that, just to give that child like a better life probably back there than what we could offer here. I think yeah. just in terms of space, being able to have our own independence as a couple, I think you could have that more at home with parental support. Totally. um, Family support than what you could have here because every time you wanted to do something here, you would have to pay for a babysitter, um, which just from a guilt point of view would be tough regardless of the cost. I've thought more about the babysitter thing and I I think it's 
fine. I, I love totally do my nannies and my babies. I just know that that's something that parents say, you know, it's not the same as like leaving with your in-laws just from just from your point of view. It's not even like this is your opinion. You don't have kids yet. Yeah, this is what you've heard. True, true, yeah, true. Yeah, that's just what people say that like the mum guilt comes in. Um, so, yeah, I think in terms of like giving our children the best life possible, I think New Zealand would probably be that for us. But to be confirmed when? Every time I go home, I just feel so calm mm. and I feel so happy. And I f- when I was home for my surgery, I absolutely, honestly, like it was so nice. But from my point of view, I, I really love, I think, my nature. I, I love being in sort of in the thick of it more, like being in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and that's just my personality. Like I, I, I just love it here. But it's also really busy and it's really hard. And I know when I'm older that New Zealand will be, personally, I think. I keep saying I know I'll move back one day, but... Yeah, so do you think you will move back one day? Mum and Dad, block your ears. Um, <laughs> no, I do, I do, I do like to think I would. Um, I just find it hard to picture it in reality, yeah. I think, because I'm so far from that. I'm single, yeah. I'm broke, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like, these yeah. are things... Like I said, I said to mum, was like, are you going to move home? And I was like, I want to I want to sort these three things out. She's like, oh, well, you've got to move back before I die. I'm like, you're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite funny. I, I, just don't, I just don't think it's for me right now. Maybe when I've calmed down a bit. Uh, <laughs> got it out of your system. Got this out of my system. Five years in and she's still shaking it out. <laughs> oh, it, is a really, it is a really hard one. And do you know, I think one thing that's hard about living overseas is that you always have that lingering, lingering over you is like, when are you going to go home? And so you do, like, I feel like I live here permanently. My life is here. But there's always that question of like, am I going home? If so, when? You know, Like I'll even have a nice memory from summer and it'll give me a little, even sometimes a little anxious pang in my stomach because oh. I'm thinking about, well, that's the life that I'm not leading. It's this, it's yeah. this perpetual feeling of wanting to be in two places at once. It's so bizarre and it's so frustrating because I just want to live two lives. I want to live one in New Zealand, actually three, one in New Zealand, one in London, one in New York, baby. That's next. Oh, New York would be so good. That's on the mind map. It's just the funding, you know, that's, um, and, and the job. And the visa. Yeah, the visa would help. That's the top of the ladder. Do you know? That's like where I really want to be. Yeah. That's the peak. I know in reality it would be grim and it would be hard and it would be expensive, but just feel like you'd feel like you were living in a movie. I do think your salary reflects the cost of living there more, though, which I'm not sure it tells you here so much. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how about this? We'll pay you nothing <laughs> and it's really expensive. Thoughts? Sign on the dotted line, baby. And we're like, yay. <laughs> Thank God. London is getting a little bit like that. But yeah, I, I think I will move back. I think I will settle a bit more because it is such a beautiful country. But I hate sitting in traffic. Let me read you another sticker. Uh, would Koei... <laughs> Would Koei consider going platinum blonde if it meant free nuggets for a year? Would you? Do I have to pay for the blonding? <laughs> no. Let me look in the mirror. It depends. Is it like a tasteful Nordic blonde or is it like Britney in the 2000s platinum I think it's tasteful. Um, then fuck yeah, I would. I think you'd suit platinum. That's what I'm hoping. 
So it's just a free hair dye and free nuggets. I'm trying to eat least McDonald's though. It's it's I so addictive. Nuggets are so good. I reckon they're my favorite thing on the McDonald's menu. It's so nostalgic for childhood. The answer is yes. I have actually. I know this question is not reached to me, <laughs> but I've been thinking recently. If anyone has any advice on going lighter to avoid going grey, please get in touch with me because I'm getting so many greys come through. Oh. I've been thinking like, God, do I just like go full grey, let it like fully grow out? I don't think that's what I want personally. So then I just need to start like going a bit lighter. But then that's quite a big journey to undertake. That's a I big journey. I really don't want to be dyeing my hair brown. Like I don't want to do Your that. Your features are dark. I know, but... I think that the upkeep of the dyeing the hair brown is too much. I don't think you're going to go fully grey for a long time. Do you know what we could bring this back to? This is the fault of the patriarchy. If we saw more women going grey younger and not feeling like they had to hide it, we wouldn't be worrying about covering our greys. But here we are. We are living in that society. And unfortunately, my internalized misogyny makes me want to dye my hair so that you can't see my greys so that I am more attractive and look younger for longer, which is I stupid. It's almost unfortunate for men that they don't get the opportunity to do that like it would be weird if they did that whereas we're like we're but able to do it they're not expected to no they're absolutely not but like men look men are meant to look they look good gray what's silver fox what's the equivalent for a woman gray witch do you reckon men age better than women no but i think that we see them aging in the media and so we think it's okay or we think it's attractive and they look rugged and handsome and yeah the word silver fox but women with wrinkles are like haggard and old chastised it's like on those, um, there was recently a shoot with men and women over 50. I can't remember if it was Vogue or, uh, but the women were photoshopped up the wazoo. Like every wrinkle had been extracted. That's so bad. All the men's wrinkles were still there. And that's what we're expected to look like then. Like look like a fucking baby's bum at 50 and men are allowed to look like they've lived. You know, I promise I won't, I won't do it today. Right, next question. Alex is boom. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love the people who listen to this shit. Alex is planned for impending birth and both your death row meals. That's a howler of a question. Thank you. What do they mean? Okay, what are you going to do? What are you doing with your birth, eh? And second question is, what's your death row meal, baby? I'm not sure I want to talk about what, what my plans are for my birth. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, yeah. <laughs> it feels very personal to put that on the podcast <laughs> maybe once it's happened I will talk through my birth story if I feel up to it to be fair you don't know what's going to happen yeah it feels a bit much to share my birth plan at this stage I'm really sorry that's that's a-okay I'm out here talking about my stalkers but um <laughs> but you feel free to keep that <laughs> it just feels so intimate it's a story about your vagina it is so intimate <laughs> But I am on mat leave now, Whoa! so I can talk about that. And at this stage, there's no sign of the baby coming. It's still reasonably high. So I'm planning on just chilling, catching up with people, organizing my life until the day comes when I go into labor. I, I will say that I ideally don't want to be induced. I think that is potentially really naive because my... You're right, they're just mixing your drinks. <laughs> Make yourself a gin. It's actually limoncello. You know that's my podcast drink. Oh, sorry. Also, sorry, speaking of women cello, I spoke about my housemate last week, the one who threw up in her bed. Yes. And I, I also want to caveat that with 
that it's very out of character and that she's an absolute weapon. She hasn't missed meal prep for the last two years and works at a big four as a consultant. So I just want to say I made her sound like a real slobby bitch, but she's actually... How much is she paying us to get that ad on, on the pod? <laughs> Many bottles of Limoncello. She's actually... It's out of character, I'll put it that way. That's why I enjoyed it so much. Oh, that's very funny. Because um, would never expect it. Anyway, as you were. Yeah, I ideally don't want to be induced. I think that's potentially really naive because apparently if you're... I was late... I was a late baby and apparently you often follow what your mum did. So there's a high chance that I will probably have a late baby, in which case I may need to be induced. But I would ideally not be um, and go into labour naturally. But I would like to go into labour naturally as well. I'm not having a C-section unless it ends up being an emergency. So I will disclose that. Isn't that the ho- isn't that your birth plan? No, there's a lot more to it than that. Colour me educated. I thought that was the whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I will, maybe afterwards I could share what actually happens, the birth story. Yeah. I think people would love to hear that. Or maybe they'll be disgusted. Who knows? Who knows? If anyone's going to be disgusted, it'll be mean what? So you can say it all. And death row meal. I find the death row thing not to be really annoying. (laughs) Fuck. Oh, here we go. Really hard to wrap my head around because... Every time I think about what I would have on death row, I would just be like, nothing because I'm going to die tomorrow. So who gives a shit? And I know that's a really weird way to think, but I just, I just can't, I honestly just can't wrap my head around that concept of like, why would I bother having a nice meal when I'm about to die? Because it's your last moment of earthly pleasure. Yeah. I just can't wrap my head around it. So I think I would need, I think I need to rephrase it in my head to like, You've been on a desert island and you've just got back. What are you eating? And then that makes more sense to me. That's a nice way to put it. Because if I'm going to die tomorrow, I'm just going to rot in my cell, you know? See you later. I'm done. Yeah, I'd be so depressed. But if you've been on a desert island, not to be annoying myself, but if you you just throw everything up straight away. But let's have it. What do you want to throw up? Okay, well, maybe a couple of weeks when my stomach's back. Yeah. Okay. I'm out of hospital. Nice. Nice. I'm ready for my meal. You've been on your drip, drip, drip. I don't know. Can you go first? Yeah, I'm struggling too. I find it so hard. Okay, there's, there's, I'm going to have two. I'm going to take them liberties. I'm going to have three things. Are we having a starter, a main, and dessert? I'm going to have a starter, a main, and a main, and a dessert. So this is, <laughs> this is. I was trying to think about my favorite things I've ever eaten in my life. Okay, so my first one would be my, my grandma, um, who lives in New Plymouth, makes homemade bread. And it is unreal. So I'd have that Yum. first. My granddad also made the world's best pancakes that I've never been able to recreate. So maybe that'd be my starter. Shout out to the Hadlows. And then for my main, it would either be mum makes a, an, a phenomenal vegetarian lasagna that I used to make her make on my birthdays because it takes all day. Oh, that's so cute. Or KFC from the one on the corner of Dominion Road in Balmoral, which is ooey with mm-hmm. loads of chicken salt. I'm going to have a Zinger burger. No, I'm going to have a Tower burger. I'm going to have boneless chicken. And also going to imagine here that I can eat as much as I want. I'm going to have a large fries. I'm going to have a turtle and gravy. Well, you can. You can just have nibbles of all of it if you want. And a coleslaw. That's my favorite way to eat. Girl dinner. So I reckon some K-Fry followed by a large hot fudge sundae from McDonald's, which is coincidentally just over the road in that particular spot. Where are you eating it? Well, in my cell. Oh, no, I'm back. We're back from the desert island. Like, are you, are you dining in at KFC and McDonald's? No. Okay, okay, fine. So you're, you're at home. I'm reheating it in the oven so it's crispy, and then I'm going to eat it on our front deck at my parents' house because it's got a really nice, nice, really nice spot for the 
watch the sunset. That sounds divine. That's so basic though, isn't it? It's fucking fast food. I hate myself, but that's just... Mm. You've been on a desert island, you're allowed. Yeah, true. Billions of dollars have gone into making it literally the yummiest food on the planet. So, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up for this. Who are you to stand against them? I'm just a civilian, you know? Exactly. I think I would have to do spaghetti as one of mine. Yum. I just love it so much. Garlic, butter, lemon juice, parsley, chili in there maybe. What about your creamy tomato one? Oh, that might make the rankings. Yeah, I could do creamy tomato. That's the yummiest pasta we've had. So yeah, one of them would have to be spaghetti. Maybe I'd start with that and just have a little starter of it. For my main, I love lamb shanks with mashed potatoes, so I could do lamb shanks. My mum used to always make them for me. I absolutely love them. Yum. I love meatballs. I could do meatballs. Well, you could put them in your spaghetti. No, I just want them by themselves. I love sushi. I could have sushi in there. Oh, yeah. I find this so incredibly hard to do. Sushi moto and panel. I feel like when I say it, I'm like wedded to it forever and I never touch the thing. (laughs) So I always, even if it's an icebreaker at work, I usually try and get out of it because it really stresses me out committing to something. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you know, I was telling mum on the phone last night, I was like, oh, I'm thinking about whether I wanted to, there's someone on the scene and I was thinking about, you know, whether it's a good idea to to get involved and mum goes, you know, when you've committed to one singular piece of art to go on your wall, I'll probably believe that you've got the decision-making skills to figure out your life partner. I was like, <laughs> oh my fucking God. I didn't ask That's me red so ruthless f- room. felt like this. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, maybe my room does look like a hospital, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm not trying. That is so chat from her. Don't tell her that. She'll keep at it. No, but it's like you say, like now I, I feel wedded to it as soon as it goes up on the wall and I have to look at it forever and I get so sick of it. What's happened to that piece of art you got for free? Oh, look. Like, oh. Have you put that up yet? Are you talking about the homeless priest? No. Oh, am I? That couple said they didn't know what yes. to do with it. Yes. Uh, yeah, one of our friends. Yeah. I haven't put that up. It's hiding behind my bed. Perfect. Great spot for it. Well done. The, the, I do have one more piece of art under my bed. We talked about this on a podcast. Yeah, we have. Got we have. Then I listened back to it the other day and was like, that's so dumb. But I was at the MoMA in New York. There was like a bargain bin of prints and it was $5. I thought, you know what? How bad can it be? I need art. And it looked like a night sky with like, I thought it was the Arc de Triomphe. To be clear, she didn't roll it out to have a look. She just No, 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 no. Of course not. And then I like got off of our friend's house who I was staying with and unrolled it and it was... It wasn't the Arc de Triomphe, it was a homeless Pope in the middle of a night sky. <laughs> I just love that he's homeless. So that became immediately quite divisive for myself and my friends who were looking at it. I don't think it's bad as everyone says. I think you just need to get it up on your wall just for the gag because it is so and funny. Frank, and also, who buys a piece of art without looking at it? That was the other question on everybody's lips except mine. It's like... The number one criteria of buying art. The literal one piece of criteria you need to buy art is to look at the art and decide you like it. What does it look like? I will put it up. I'm not going to, obviously not going to pay for framing. You have to get it framed. What, you're just going to blue tack it to your wall like a 12-year-old kid? Are you kidding? Imagine how much it would cost to frame that beast. It's A0. But you could just buy a frame and put it in. Oh, you've got two buns in your hair. Today. Yes, because I'm I miss having a high bun and my hair's too short for it. Don't look. You're not meant to see the second <laughs> bun. That was meant to be my little secret. 
funny. Shouldn't have turned around staring at your Blake Hospital wall. Just call this room the ward. <laughs> it was so funny. Okay, what were we talking about? The questions. The death row. So I need to have dessert. No. Do you? Nah, I don't want dessert. Fuck dessert. I don't love dessert. It doesn't do things to me. Like I would always eat it if somebody offered it to me and I would usually order it in a restaurant if I was there. <laughs> Every other time. <laughs> I probably would also have it. <laughs> do you know what I'd have? Just like a brownie or a cookie with some ice cream. That is what I would have. Dear listeners, for Alex's baby shower, she asked for one thing from me. I said, what can I bring? She said, one thing you can bring. And don't bring it to the venue where we're having everyone. Bring it to my house first. I just want some brownie, please. And I said, <laughs> say no more. Guess who showed up empty-handed? Me. She didn't even bring me my brownie. I was like, don't you dare bring it to the pub. I didn't bring the brownie. Bring it straight to my house. I Not only did I not come to her house first, I didn't bring a brownie. Do you know how stressful that would have been for me if you had brought it to the pub and I just watched everyone take <laughs> it into it? It would have been... So stressful. <laughs> so I was like, I can't have that in my condition. I can't be stressed. <laughs> I need you to just bring it to my house and I can eat it in my own in private. In shame. In private. I don't have to offer anyone a piece and then watch them eat it in front of me. I do owe you that. That's that's on my bucket list before you pop. Can you bring it to me maybe when you come to see the baby? Whenever it's born. Shit, yeah. And then I can... Eat it while I'm on the couch feeding all day, every day. Yes, absolutely. I'll do the special one too with the caramel on top. Do you want a double batch? Mm, yeah. Do you have room in the freezer for the other half? That's <laughs> 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 such good brownie. It's. I, I will say it's my. It's my. Um, that your creamy tomato pasta is my other specialty dish, and then brownie. I'm a. Yeah. I'm a two trick pony. Do you know, I'd honestly be happy with my desert island meal as just a big bowl of pasta and a whole hunk of brownie afterwards. That would do it for me. Yeah, hot brownie, hot, hot caramel brownie. Yeah, that's so cream. good. That actually makes me happy. I feel like the start of main and dessert is where I get thrown. Maybe some sushi to start. Now I'm back to start the main and dessert. <laughs> I'll always take a big bowl of chips over a pudding as well. Or a cheese board? No. Not for you? I, I do like a cheese board, but I love loaded fries. Okay, let's get back and break. This is a yeah, this is questions. A, the questions have taken over, and that's okay. Maybe we don't do our bits. Maybe today. the whole podcast is just questions today. We've had not one but two people ask: Was Emma Coey related to Smith and Coey's? Very distantly, not enough to benefit me really in any way. So that's a shame. That's a crying shame. I do love going in there. It is a it's a it's one of my fave shops, but not for personal reasons. The name is there. It's like a granddad's. Cousin's wife, or do, but no, sadly. Cousin's wife, right. No, it's like our That is distant. Interesting that her name was also good. <laughs> so, so there's, there's something there, but there ain't much there. Um, unfortunately, as Alex has described, the Koei, the Koei dynasty does not exist <laughs> because we uh, don't own the shop. It's a shame. It is a shame. We've also just had some nice, you know, people say nice, nice things, which is always good. I always feel braggy when I say people have said nice things, but then we also really appreciate you sending them in. So thank you. I know it is always so nice. Best places to spend December holidays in Europe, snowy, not rainy. Well, isn't that the million dollar question we've been trying to figure out for years? 
What was the question? I got distracted. <laughs> you come back into me being like, the million dollar question, nobody knows. We try to figure it out for years. Best places to spend a December holiday in Europe. And she says in brackets, snowy, not rainy. Well, the only place I've ever discovered that you could guarantee would be snow is Lapland. And I really want to go there, but I honestly think you have to be a billionaire. I've been to Lapland. Have you? No, I haven't. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> Are you from a dynasty or not? <laughs> Sorry. We almost went to Lapland on my exchange and then last minute we decided to go to Iceland instead. But it's, it's, it's also far more achievable to go from Sweden to Lapland because I was like, is it expensive? Now I'm like, it is. I think it's just that the accommodation there is really, really expensive. I've tried to organize a Christmas. Uh, sorry, I, I had a birthday weekend booked for Cologne a couple of years ago. COVID got in the way for my 30th. And it was meant to be snowy there. Cologne does look beautiful. And you can train there. Cologne looks beautiful. Train there. Christmas markets. That would be a big pull, I think. It's really hard to say. I honestly don't think you can you can guarantee snow anywhere other than Lapland. I've done a lot of research on it. In these very hot times. Yeah, you are quite an oracle on Unless it. Unless you wanted to go up the mountain, obviously. Unless you want to go to the Alps, which if you can afford it, we recommend 10 other There's 10. obviously so many places in Europe get snow, but you're just not guaranteed that it's going to be snowing or there's going to be thick snow or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. You're not guaranteed for it to settle. It's, it's hard to know. Um, then we have a question. How do you guys know each other? We went to school together. School. Actually, we met at age five. We did. We weren't friends at five, but we met each other, which is actually insane. Were we not friends? Yeah, I should take that out. That's <laughs> to be fair, we were in um, we were in different classes, weren't we? Yeah, but yeah, we met when we were we met in J one at school, and we went yeah. right through till year thirteen together. And now we are um, co parents of a beautiful little podcast, Alex's favorite creation, my firstborn, my secondborn. Yes. Your first, who's your firstborn? Aks, Aks. I think. That's maybe all we have to, time for today. We'll put a disclaimer on this, that this is a very unusual episode um, and it's all questions because we haven't done any of our normal bits. I also want to take this time to give a huge, massive thank you and a shout out to our producer, Johnny, who has been the patron saint of putting up with our bullshit. <laughs> He's yep, been totally. so patient. He's so good at what he does. The podcast wouldn't sound half as professional as it does without him. So Johnny, leave Johnny, leave this in, and thank you. Yeah, agree. He felt everything you just said. Yeah, he is amazing, lifesaver. Um, I have one question that was sent in to us, not a question, sorry, a message from a girl who said, "I was late to your pod as wrongly assumed it was only about food, but when I started listening, <laughs> I loved it." <laughs> oh, you're yeah, like, God, just go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, there's only so much you can say about food, really, isn't there? You know. I've been spreading the word, including to my daughters, one in the depths of Castle Street, woo-hoo, woo. and another on exchange in the UK, also. Um, <laughs> <laughs> having just been in London and met up with some young Kiwis, I'm interested to see where your cohorts see themselves living in future. Will some of you return to New Zealand, or do you feel like the pull of London will be too strong? Do you think there will be mass migration at some point? Is Sydney or Melbourne on the horizon? So we did kind of cover this earlier and we'll move home. But do you know, we actually throw around the whole Sydney thing a, a lot. A lot. Australia is such a great country. Like, yeah. it's got a great climate. You got you can earn good money. 
so yes, I mean the only the only thing for me is that Australia is similar to home and close to home, but it's not home. So you, I would end up with the same issues that I find in London. I think no free childcare. Yes, <laughs> and That's yeah, it. no family support, <laughs> no grandparents, um, that kind of thing. Yeah, no free childcare. Um, <laughs> but I would be doing it in the heat, so that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> We are, we are fickle women. But yes, I I mean, if my husband had anything to do with it, I think we would be on our way to Sydney in the next I, few years. Sydney would be amazing. The earning potential, the, the breadth of roles that you don't get at home. Yeah. Um, that sounds like I'm saying bread rolls. <laughs> the bread rolls are just delicious. They were a highlight for me. The bread rolls just they pop off. There. I don't even reckon you could find a bread roll in Sydney. I don't think anyone eats them. All they eat is smoothie bowls. <laughs> and the sad thing is I'd want to live in Bondi and there's no amount of surgical intervention that could make me hot enough to live in Bondi. I think so. you have to be so good looking to live there now. There must be like some sort of committee, like when you build a house. Like a homeowners <laughs> association. Yeah. They like get your picture up and they're like, no, she just doesn't look good. Oh, no. Put her in manly. She's a <laughs> bug. Get rid. Sydney would be a big yes from me. I wish, I've said this so many times, I wish there was 10 years in between 20 and 30. I would live in Sydney. I'd live in Paris. <laughs> Fuck. 29 and 30. <laughs> Oh, no. my maths ain't so good. <laughs> that school we went to was top notch if anyone's looking for one to send their daughter to. <laughs> I actually would send my kids there. I loved it there. Same. 10 years between 29 and 30, I would live in Australia. I would live in New York. Uh, I would live here for another five years and then I'd move home. <sighs> Tough questions, more. I don't know. Time is of the essence with moving around the world, isn't it? I know. And sometimes I'm like, I'm so comfortable here in London now. It's like I should get get a wriggle on I think I'd be I love how many friends we have here and I think not having family you need a lot of friends around you I think I'd be lonely definitely I move somewhere else especially definitely. Be tough. I do think I mean there's already been a few people that we know that have left London and have gone to Sydney plus more planning too so it wouldn't surprise me if um that ball kept rolling and picked up some punters as picked it went some, picked up some snow all the way yeah yeah I think quite a few people go there. It's like a, a people often describe it as a stepping stone between London and New Zealand. Do they? That's yeah. interesting. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not going somewhere quite so contrast, high contrast. High contrast is a nice way to put it. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely all we have time for. Definitely. So sorry that we didn't get through our normal routine, guys. We had no plan to, for the podcast to go the way that it has done. <laughs> Yeah, here we mm. are. Here we are. We record again in three days and we will go through all our normal stuff. Can I actually just say one of our friends, when we went to school camp in year 10, I think it was, at the end of the camp, everyone got given a certificate to say that they'd like completed it and um, her one had the corners cut so they gave it to her and said, it's because she cuts corners in life. <laughs> from, a, from, an, from an education professional. How savage. Wow. How savage is that? From an outdoors camp instructor. That's absolute chat from me. So them. funny. So funny. What a scathing commentary on the way this person loves their life. <laughs> that is absolutely iconic, From honestly, from both of them. And she was so shaken that we all got on the bus with our certificates and hers was just... <laughs> Dog it. 
Oh, <laughs> sweet girl. Oh, my God. Breaking news before we wrap this up. Holly Willoughby's quitting ITV. I've just got a notification. God, it's about time. Get out. Shit. Rough times for her. She knew what was going on with Philip Schofield and his child groom. No, but she's had a stalker recently threatening to murder her. Oh, I think that's what? why she's quit. Yeah. This, like, really overweight psycho man. He's not going to be very fast, is he? On a I foot know, chase? that's what people have kind of been making fun of her because they've been like, oh, what's he okay, going to do? Okay, sorry. No, but that's wait. not. Wow, I feel bad. That's horrible. Yeah, so I think he had, like, literally had a plot to murder her. Like, he's under arrest for attempted murder. Oh, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah, horrific. Women just spend a lot of their life feeling unsafe. That is horrible. Oh, God, look at my sweat patch. Holy fucking shit. Oh, my God. That's what happens when the sun sets on you. Can you make that a real? No, absolutely not. All right. Well, on that note, okay. <laughs> let's I think, wrap this up. Yeah. Thank yes, you guys yeah. for listening to the world's scattiest podcast episode that has ever, ever been. We'll try to maintain Sorry. some professionalism in our next recording for you. Maybe we should make this a bonus episode. Um, no, because we need one to go live <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> All right, guys. You're listening to History in the Making. Um, live action decisions <laughs> on the pod. This is how organized they are. This is how we work. Great chatting to you more. And thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, we honestly love you. Like We do. We feel so very much. grateful for you. So grateful. Do you know, Emma and I both did um, our three things we were grateful for yesterday, and both of us did the pod. Yeah. And that's you guys, 100%. Thank you so much. Like, I just can't believe people listen to us. I can't stand the sound of my own voice. And then you guys listening in is just, I'm <laughs> It's a miracle. Pitch, it really is. Pitching myself. Thank you so much. We adore. It's the highest form of praise. If you missed the question box and have anything that you would like us to cover, please feel free to write to us um, either on Takeaways, our Instagram page, or takeawayspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And we will Thanks, see you guys. very soon. Wow. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.